0: Delighted to welcome onto the podcast a guy that I had the pleasure of working alongside for nearly four years at Cali Thistle. I was the envy of Aberdeen supporting pals of mine when I then when they knew I was working alongside an Aberdeen legend. Welcome Duncan Shearer. Duncan, how are you? Yeah, I'm
1: good, yeah, thanks. Yeah, yeah, absolutely brilliant. Uh, well... As good as
0: can be I suppose <laughs> <laughs> Of course We're in uh, Well we're recording this At the moment We're still in yeah. lockdown but, but you've been uh, You're still active uh, These days You're you're working With Menzies Parcels But you're you're um, Still busy Yeah really busy And uh
1: there's plenty. You know, people obviously not getting out and about shopping and that, so everything's online now. So we're doing, we're doing the same numbers, also wise as when we normally do at Christmas time. You know, so um, good for them, you know, but um, busy for us, I suppose. It's, I like the fact that I'm, I can get out. You know,
0: the, the only difference to my life at the moment, to be honest with you, is the weekend. You know? Yeah, because there's no uh, there's no football, which we're obviously. Uh, Missing yeah. at the moment. Um, German German football starts tomorrow, but I don't know how uh, how good your your German. Yeah, yeah
1: that's that's gonna be a that's going to be a trial and error. I think Ian. we'll have to just sit and wait and see what happens here. You know, I'm not quite sure whether whether we're anywhere near that sort of situation. You know, but um, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot to be said about that. We'll just have to wait and
0: see with that one. I'm not sure if you can socially distance at a a corner kick uh, but I'm sure we'll find out
1: no, no well, certainly, certainly not what I played you couldn't do <laughs> <laughs> so uh, no it's, it's it's difficult it's it's really horrible and, and and I feel for the players you know because these are, the, these are the best days of your life you ask any player you know what's the best days of your life it doesn't matter whether you're on a winning team or a losing team if you get to a level in football playing professional football and and, and playing in televised games and that, you know, and it's, it's just fantastic, you know, and I'm just, uh, I, I just feel for, you know, the players and the fans obviously as well, but the players, you know, they don't get uh, big, big careers, you know, normally you have careers around about 15, 20 years, you know, um, so they don't want to waste, you know, most time sitting in the house locked away, not training and um, doing anything like that, so I do feel for them at the moment, you
0: know, that's for sure. Well, talking of careers, we're going to look back over a, a an incredible career that you had in the game, both as a player and a coach as well. Wow. Fort William Boy, born and bred. I'm pretty sure you'll correct me if I'm wrong, but Kenny Cameron, of course, uh, from that area as well, the ex-chairman of Cali Thistle, he used to tell me that you were a, a cracking shinty player back in the day as well. Is that right? Yeah, that was, that was my main game. That was a game and, and, and I still
1: hold... Uh... Just to pull uh, some great memories of it, you know. I played Shinty right up until I was eighteen through school. After eighteen, as well as football, of course. um and it turned out for Leith up at and Bridge a few times, and a couple of a couple of Shinty Cup finals as well. Like not not the big, but obviously the big Cup Cup final. I've never uh, got that. And I got to be eighteen, and then uh, and then joined uh, John Dennison, and uh, they're in Fort William at the time. He was travelling through to. To play for Clark and, uh, and, and and put the word in the for me, and that was early eighties, and that's how I, that's how I managed to to save for Clark from there.
0: You know. So I take it you um when you said shinty was your main sport, were you, you still you're obviously still playing football as well, but but shinty was the preferred one. I mean, it is it is massive in the West yeah, Highlands anyway. Yeah, my dad was a big shinty
1: player, you know, and and I uh, thought it didn't really run in the family because my older brother. You know, David. You know, mm-hmm. he was a professional footballer as well. He he, he never played chinty, and and uh, my other brother, who's just slightly older than me, he um, he's obviously passed away. You now he never played. He played football just as well, you know. Um, and my younger brother never played, so I was probably the only one that really really started of played played chinty. You know, the rest played football. You know,
0: but I loved it. I just enjoyed something about it. You know, just loved it. The rough and tumble. Of of shinty did that kind of mm. prepare you a, in any way for your career?
1: Yeah, I'm not so sure about that. You know, there was, I was all, I think when you're uh, when you're six foot one anyway, and you're quite broad, you, you can handle yourself whether it be in a shinty park, you know, or a or a football park, you know oh, that yeah. that was never a problem for me, you know. Um, but uh, no, I, su- I suppose in a way it's quite a f- uh, physical game. I suppose I did the. Uh, me for uh, you know, for the, for the start of the football career, you know that's for, that's for
0: sure. I would think. You mentioned Clark there. You you joined Clark. That's your your first club. Um, now again, you correct me if I'm wrong, but um, a move to Aberdeen might have come about sooner than it did. I me, mean, you joined Aberdeen in '92, but I believe Sir Alex Ferguson yeah. wanted you on a trial.
1: Yeah, I was there. Um, I went with well, he's now the class chairman now, uh, Ali Chisholm. Mm-hmm. Um, both both Ali and I came through Clapham. They were this road, roughly the same age, and we both went through Tapadoo for a for a week's training and really enjoyed it. You know, it was the early eighties, not but was just uh, it was just the team then. You know, just just building into it. Um, but uh, we spent a week there, and then I came back and then we were supposed to play in a, a friendly game against one of the Angus teams I can't remember which one it was but the game was called off with Frost and that so I went, came back to Inverness and I was supposed to go back through the week after myself and Ali but I, was, I just went home to Froyum and then that was it never heard anything more from you know since
0: So I mean Sir Alex Ferguson when was he there when you were through on uh, for the week's training was he was he uh, kicking around yeah, was he? yeah
1: Ah, they were all there, it was the start of the, it was the start of the, the domination, you know, all the players, everybody was there, like Willie Miller, Police, Mm -hmm. John McMaster, um, Archie Knox was assistant, and uh, all the young boys were coming through, the Eric Blacks, Brian Gunns, the, you know, Simpsons and that, you know, uh, Ty Cooper and that, you know, so, they were all just young young boys, you know, just probably, I would imagine maybe a year younger than me or something like that you know mm-hmm. John Hewitt, and that you know so it would have been lovely to be part of it to be honest with you if it happened but I'm looking back on it now you know, I've, I've, I've no regrets of the
0: way my career went you know? and right enough you you do end up uh, to, at Aberdeen we'll go on to, to talk about Aberdeen but the, the next move is an interesting one now it's I'm trying to think that there is someone who's done it before you um, because the, the only the only way I know this is I've Oh, there's a wee convenience shop beside the in, down the ferry and it's got the, the Clack and the Cudden badge yeah. Rogers that's right it's got the Clack and the badge and the Chelsea badge yeah. uh, and yeah, yeah. Rogers uh, forgive me I don't know his, his first name but he moved to Clack potentially in maybe 50s 60s around about that time you moved. You, yeah. you made the move from Clack to Chelsea how did that move come about because that's, a, I mean, that's a, a really interesting one from Clack and the to Chelsea Football Club in London yeah
1: yeah, well, that, that came about with a, um, a lad called Rod Klein. Um, well, late, obviously, Rod's uh, past now. Um, I was playing a game at, uh, at Dingwall for Clough against Ross County, uh, midweek game, and we beat them 4 uh, 2. I managed to get a couple of goals, and I was coming up the tunnel afterwards. And it wasn't even my own manager my own coach. This uh, this man approached me and you know it was, it was Rod Clyde and I found out later obviously and, you know he asked me he says listen do you want to go down to Chelsea for a, for a for a week trial of football and, uh, and the first thing I said to him says you do know I'm 21 years old yeah you know because normally then you would only get trials at 16 17 mm-hmm. you know it was it was quite unusual for uh, somebody that age and down down to Chelsea you Know, but he says, Yeah, I know exactly how old you are. Since the connection was that there was uh, the ex Ross County manager, E. McNeil, was the system manager at Chelsea, mm-hmm. and he's obviously kept in touch with Rod. And, and, and obviously, he said to Rod that uh, with any young talent up there, you know, give us a big nod and we'll get them down for a week. So, so that's so how that came about. I went down for a week's uh, a week training uh, with Chelsea, and I didn't think I did that great, um, you know. We played a friendly game against Bristol Rovers. Sorry, it was not a friendly game, it was a a combination game, they were called. They were Chelsea reserves. They were allowed to obviously play a trialist in the game. And I was put down as a trialist. I just, uh, after about an hour, my legs were gone. You know, it was just a completely different kind of fitness and and everything, you know. Um, Even some of the Chelsea players at the time were saying to the manager, you know, and, you know, you need to get him off, he's too tired, he's gone, he hasn't got the fitness. And I thought I'd blown my chance. And Ian had taken me home, back to my digs that night, and the first thing he said to me, he said, right, how much do you think I'll ask for you? I said, do you think I did that well? I said, I've seen enough there. That's so what Ian said, I've seen enough to satisfy me.
0: So that was it, that, so that, that's how that transfer became. Uh, As a 21-year-old you mentioned there moving to the the bright lights of London as well, that must have been a bit of a an eye-opener for you. Oh, it's the strangest thing, you to
1: be honest, you, it was the first time, I was 21, the first time we'd been on an aeroplane, you know. <laughs> um, so we got the flight uh, we got the flight in the morning um, uh, through to, and I still remember the director's name, uh, the director, uh, Jock Fruin, his name was, and he had come with me down there and... Uh, Got me settled in, got me signed, and uh, and that was it. But it was just the strangest thing ever, you know. Uh, you know, going from football to into London, no idea what was happening, you know. But I, I, I suppose in, in that way it didn't frighten me, you know. I, I wasn't frightened because I didn't I didn't realise the you know the magnitude of the where the to ground was. And then for the first time that I, I seen the stadium and walked out in the park, just, for me it was just a game of football, you know. Yeah, didn't really understand The seriousness Of the whole
0: thing You know The uh, the, the characters Around um, Around Chelsea At that time There was a real Well Most English clubs Had a, Kind of A lot of Scottish players on, on, on the scene You know Late 70s Early 80s yeah. The likes of Pat Naven Was down there as well There was a There was a fair few Scots Down there Did that help you Help yeah. you settle? A-
1: that It did That was a lot To McNeil, of course You know and the, They'd signed Big Joe McLaughlin Um and he was a fantastic player for for Chelsea. The group he signed, Derek Johnson signed um, for a while. She shared a share car with Derek and Duke, Um, with Pat Nevin. Uh, was there, you know? So a lot of good Scots there, you know. I um, know all, all brought there by Ian McNeil, um, as, as well as the, At the time, there was you know players like Alan Hudson, guys like that, you know. He just uh, just fantastic player, you know. Um, Chelsea, you know, Chelsea legend, big Mickey Droy and that. Mm-hmm. Biggest and a half I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> used to play reserve games and Mickey to just, just grab me by the shoulders at corners and he walk me over to a spot and he said, right, stand there and I'll head the ball down to you. You know, Because <laughs> he's oh, he the biggest man I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> if anyone's listening to this, if uh, anyone's listening to this chat and they know Mickey Droy, they'll know what I'm talking about and man sure was, That's what happened. The ball will come across. You just headed down to, you and you get
0: a shot on target. You know. No bad way to um, to have someone assisting you like that. Normally it's a, normally it's a winger. You know, playing the the crosses in, but. Uh, yeah, absolutely.
1: He was, His was. Bristol was colossal. But I love him, man.
0: I love him, man. I want to talk to you because you had a. I mean, you you played for well. You played for four clubs down in England. Um, Chelsea was the first mm-hmm. one. You uh, you move on to Huddersfield Town, um, and you have a well a, a really good really good stay at uh, Huddersfield Town but the one that the one that interests me is is Swindon Town because it's a really good story um, you, you join Swindon Town you score a a bag full of goals you end up in the well it's called the second division playoff but it's effectively the what now is the the championship yeah, yeah. so you're, you're fighting for a place in the in the first division the yeah. Premier League equivalent Swindon Town get there they beat Sunderland by a goal to nil um and the the playoff yeah. final at Wembley as well, and uh, but that 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 dream of playing in the the first division is is taken away from you because of financial difficulties. Uh, talk to us about that time because that must have been a, a real you know cracking couple of years at Swindon for yeah. you. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. It was because I mean, obviously when I went to Swindon first, it was Lou McCary, but Lou had said that he chased me before I went to Huddersfield. You know, you got on a train to try and but he was too late and uh, I had a race same for Huddersfield two or three years down the line he he managed to, to pursue me and go to Swindon um, but that was uh, you know we we get to the playoffs under Lou uh, under Lou Macari um, and then we get beat them in the semi-finals by just a Palace Ian Wright and Bright and they were all playing for Palace at the time good team um, so so we go into the next season, Lou leaves, and Lou goes to, I think it was West Ham he went to. Uh, and then Ozzy Adelis comes in and takes over. And that's when the investigation started taking place, you know, about the club and the tax and, and the chairman at the time. Uh, the chairman's name was Brian Hillier. So, but we carry on playing that season under Ozzy Adelis and we change into time information. Our teams just couldn't handle it. You know, we get a final, as you mentioned. Sunderland at Wembley and we won one no and by that time this investigation had all sort of built up into the High Courts where we had to we all had to go to the High Court and speak to the judge. You know, get up there. It was just a whole unreal thing. And the outcome of the whole lot was that it's when they got relegated into the lowest division, and the chairman Brian Hillyard got a year in jail um and then after an appeal we got put up back into the division we were in which was the, the second division mm-hmm. um and then Ozzy left and he went to Newcastle then uh, Glenn Hurdle took over so it's
0: uh it's quite a story quite uh quite a story but horrible at the same time. So I'm I'm assuming that um I mean the, the playoff final win over Sunderland that's it Wembley I mean that I've seen the obviously the playoffs on television are the yeah. the, the playoffs them. I mean they're incredible uh, games but you, you win that game yeah. how soon do then you realise that you're not going to play in the first division how, how soon is uh, on the timeline I went
1: to uh, the season we had finished and that was the last game of the season then a week later myself and my wife Michelle went to Jersey on holiday and we knew the investigation was during that time we were on holiday And then they eventually turned on the radio and said, is the result of basically Swindon Town. Swindon Town will be for financial relegations, we dropped down to the lowest division. You know, because that was the dream gone, you know, because I was looking forward to going back, starting pre season, and then looking forward to the fixture list coming out Mm -hmm. when we were playing Man United, when we were playing Liverpool, Chelsea, my old club, and things like that. It just got whipped away from us. And the thing is, uh, cause a couple of years later, um, Tottenham got done for the same thing, you know, financial irregularities, whatever mm-hmm. you call it, what that word is. <laughs> irregularities. <laughs> and they only got 100. Uh, and they got a £100,000 fine.
0: You know, so just, okay. I think it was just, it's when they turn a small club, they'll do that, you know. And, that, that, and
1: that's what really annoyed me about it, did? the whole thing. Tottenham, what a big club. You know, we can't, we can't really why not? You know, classical Rangers got
0: it done in Scotland. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's that's what really annoyed me. Um, well, you mentioned two managers there, um, two managers that are really household names in in if not British football, world football. <laughs> Ozzy Ardiles, Dele's um, bit of a character, yeah. uh, a, a legendary player. Uh, what was see like as a as a manager, best best uh,
1: best manager I've played for. Okay, I'm not saying he's the best coach. Um, but for me best man management and uh, and just just had that happy knack of everybody I, just, I remember the first training session right? and then this is the way all coaches went at the time and it's the same thing you know if, if training wasn't going well then they would stop it right on the line and they would just run you they would give you doggies until you know a dozen doggies 20 yards 30 yards 40 yards and they would do that for five minutes and you're right back into the game Either up your up the ante, or we'll go back running again. Take your turn. You know, if things are slipping up in the in the other sides, that's what they would do. But uh, Ozzy's first training session, you know, um, the coach at the time was Chick Bates. He stayed on after Lou McCarrie left, you know, and Aussie was working with him, and Ozzy just got the ball out all the time. just we <laughs> just wanted to play boxes and passing. Shooting and finishing and just everything was with the ball. But running, we done this big circle one day, uh, and uh, it was just everybody was mucking about. And the coach turned around and said, "So every stop, right, on the line." I was just like, "What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing?" He says, "We're running." No, 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 get the ball, get the ball, play the ball, play the ball, okay. and that's all it was. It was everything was to play with the ball, and that was the first time I ever seen alcohol and changing them change as well before the game. There was a bottle of whiskey in in, in on the table and a couple of the players would take a mouthful before we went out onto the park, you know. Um Brilliant. not for me, you know. No, uh, and even the night before we uh, you know, when we were away games, and um, we always went to hotels all the you know, all the time. And it was a glass of wine when you had dinner if you wanted it. And he was he just had total trust in you, you know, he said, you want a glass of wine, I'm a glass of wine. If you don't, you don't. You know, I'm not going to stop you, as long as you do what you think will be good for you, and uh, and uh, it's the best out of you. That's that's what the way Aussie want. So I love playing with them, and everybody did. Everybody, even even the subs. Normally you get the normally you get the sub players that they're not playing. They're starts a bit of poison with the manager and the coaching and the training rubbish. You know only because they're on the bench. And you know,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but uh, even the boys on the bench, you know.
0: Love playing for us. Uh, he seems like a quite a chirpy character as well. You know, I mean, I, I mean, yeah. only got experiences <laughs> of just, just fantastic stories. You know, we were just sitting in all oh, on a Friday
1: night after dinner, we were having a coffee around the table and, like, as I said, some of the boys have a glass of wine or something. Like and uh, you know, we we're just hammering them with questions about Argentina and and even he was talking about what you know when the war happened and that and he was still in England and it was just. Uh, it
0: was fantastic just sitting there and listening to stories as a group, you know. He leaves and you mentioned Glenn Hoddle comes in as well. Again, Glenn Hoddle um was a mm, fantastic yeah. player, um, as well as Ozzy Ardile's uh, two legendary players. But but did, am I right in saying that Glen yeah. was a player manager to begin with? Did he did he play a lot during yeah. your time out? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, He was uh, he played a good season half Glenn and, and he played in
1: between the two cent halves and used to step into midfield and honestly as a striker you would spin off the shoulder of a centre-half and, and the ball would be two yards from you that's, that's him kicking it from about 70 yards You sure. know, the thing about Glenn was when he first came his first job as a manager I think he found it really frustrating that <laughs> you get a ball down from about 60-70 yards up in the air and you would take a touch, and it would bounce away from you, and he'd be going sloppy, sloppy, sloppy. Before he realised, you know, that not everybody's playing Hoddle. Yeah. You know, he had to, he had to rein himself in a little bit and say, "Well, wait a minute." You know, and it used to frustrate him that boys couldn't, uh, getting balls hammered at him and they couldn't control it first time because his touch was just, his touch was like nothing I'd seen before. You know. Uh, and for such a big man you know dropping his shoulder and so sort of in the ball but he's he's Glenn Hoddle you know he, could, uh, he had to he had to rein himself back a wee bit and say well wait a minute all of these players can not do what I'm asking to do so I have to I have to change my ways and try and help them do it you know um, but he but he quickly did it you know and I, I found him a very good manager to work for you know And I always loved his training anyways training was again like Aussie maybe it's a Tottenham
0: thing already. I don't know what it is but they um, they all want to play with the ball a lot of time I think um, well I've, I've I've heard interviews for you know from various different England players and players that have played under him <clears throat> and he always comes across strikes me as a brilliant coach as well you know just like to you know like like to yeah um, you know players to, yeah. to play for him you know yeah I've also
1: mentioned John Gorman John Gorman was a Scottish
0: boy who played for Celtic as, of as well of course yeah um and uh, he obviously
1: went England. Thing we to go to go England. John went as assistant as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so, and I love working with John as well. A lot of time for John, you know. Used um, to have a, some a good fun with him, and, and his coaching sessions were fantastic
0: as well. <laughs> when you talk about legendary managers that you've worked under Ozzy Ardiles Glenn Hoddle you then work with and your next uh, move is to Blackburn where you team up with yeah. Kenny Dalglish um one of the greatest um players that Scotland has ever produced uh, Kenny Dalglish yeah, yeah. um you were with Blackburn for a for a short time but in that short time what was working with Kenny and the rest of the Blackburn lads like that was only really, it
1: was really enjoyable Blackburn you know, because I was actually on the verge of going to North County. They were up in, uh, as I touched on earlier, they were up in what they would call the Premiership now. Mm-hmm. But they were heading towards relegation, need the striker. I spoke to Neil Warnock and his chairman at his house, um, and I was on the verge. I just went back to Swindon to speak to my wife about this and that. You know, and, and she would have agreed whatever I wanted anyway. You know, mm-hmm. whatever was best. You know, for us. You know. And as I went in to tell Glenn Hoddle that I was going to North Kitty, you know, he you know, he said to me, uh, he says there's been a, a bit of an update. He says Kennedy at least you've been on the phone, you know, they want you have to go to Blackburn. So I he gave me Kenny's number on the phone Kenny and uh, and, uh, and that was it. I got my agent. Went down, but I knew on the way down the car anyway, and I was going to I was I was gonna say it doesn't matter what money they offered me. You know, I was I, I just it was, it, for me the chance to work in the what I call Scotland's greatest ever player. Um, was too good
0: for me to miss. You know, just looking at the the timeline as well, because Blackburn and uh, Swindon were were rivals at the time as well. You beat them in the playoffs um, to get into that that playoff final. <laughs>
1: Okay, so there was this big conspiracy at the time. When the Swindon fans weren't happy. Swindon had just. Blackburn were leading the league for quite a bit of time, and then Mike Newell at Blackburn broke his legs. So, him and Speedy, David Speedy, was an old teammate of mine at Chelsea. Mm-hmm. And he, um, So, they needed a striker and obviously you know I, I, I was sitting on 31 league goals at the time in that division you know there's still about 10 games to, to play you know so uh, that was it that was that was a way they'd taken me away and this one didn't I'd only played two or three games uh, on the bench for the rest of the six and we got to the playoff final we beat Leicester at Wembley this is from Blackburn, obviously. know you know yep. Mike Newell had back fit the last couple of games and Mike got the penalty at Wembley. Um, but that was, it. the theory was at the time, and I wasn't sure about it at the time, that, that they were a bit scared of Swindon. Um, we had uh, climb from eighth position right into about third or fourth. And then Swindon, uh, I don't know who was that took over and I can't remember, you probably, you know, you're tough to look back on that, I can't remember who actually won the league, but Blackburn won the playoffs in second place. It slipped up a few times, and um, you know, when Mike Newell getting injured. Mm-hmm. So Transfer Deadline Day and, and that was it, they came in straight away and, and and to me. And I played the first couple of games and then it was on the bench with the rest of them. It didn't uh, <laughs> after I joined them there was a Kenny's assistant at the time was uh, late Ray Hartford he was, he was a fantastic man as well and we were sitting around the table one night just mm-hmm. over three weeks after I got there we were talking Ray and Gordon Cowens was there um, he was midfielder at Blackburn too. and we were talking and Ray was quizzing me about his diamond formation that Aussie played you know that he hadn't seen it before and he wondering how well Aussie coached it and was playing some things that so Ozzy was telling us how it works you know and um he <laughs> turned and Gordon says you know what Duncan? he says see the only team that we were scared of in the playoffs was Swindon down and then that got me thinking to him and I thought oh here we go I says there's only time he says, because we've already beaten them our place quite easily because they couldn't handle I don't know whether Kenny or Ray could understand the diamond formation but we couldn't handle it um, so we didn't want to play Swindon so that's got me thinking. All right, so you take away the thirty-one goal striker, you know, and mm-hmm. what happened there was Swindon just dropped down the ninth or tenth position after that, and the chance was gone, and and Blackburn won the playoffs. So
0: people have to make out about what they did, but it didn't look too clever. Defeat. To Blackburn then went on to win the. Well, we know. I mean, three years later they win the the yeah. Premier League title. Could you see? Yeah. Uh, could you see that happening? I mean, there are a lot. Of, I know a lot of money was being. Um, pumped in yeah, uh, but they had a good team I wasn't team.
1: sure I wasn't sure they were. I, I, I knew they were going to be good because Jack Walker was in charge at the time and Jack was uh, you know the steel magnet at the time mm-hmm. sold the steel business for a lot of money and he was pumping I don't know if it was a lot of money and the money is getting brandished about down there but then I, I still couldn't see them building a team that could win that Premiership you know that was not the Premiership the, the first they called it you know and um, Oh, maybe it was the Premiership when they won it. Mm-hmm. Then when did they change it over? Was it ninety-one, ninety-two?
0: I, or something? I, it was. Uh, it I was uh, 92, 93 So, aye, it would have been changed, aye. Uh, yeah. I, I just joined Aberdeen at the time. Yep. Change it to the
1: Premiership, so it was a Premiership, yeah. Um, no, no, I couldn't see it, but um, the phone call I got from was was another funny story but at that time um, I got a phone call from. Uh, Kenny's and there was a two-year contract on the table and he says to me she's done well." so there's a thing he had done and, and she says Aberdeen I don't know if you're you know they always be part of the squad lay over and ocean of three bases but I'm just kinda on the verge of signing Alan Shearer and I says okay well that's it's going to be a right had but all that and then there and I was 29 at the time so I thought well, Aberdeen thing sound good you know go back to, uh, back to Scotland back near to where I come from you know
0: so that's what I did. Um, I moved back to to Aberdeen. So you never ever got to um, to work with Alan Shearer. Uh, that would have been good to. I mean, what a, what, he, what a front two that would have been?
1: Yeah, yeah. They sold me and they bought Alan Shearer for three and a half million and sold him a few years later for
0: fifteen. Well, when I know you his business. <laughs> when you talk about uh, as as long as the, the 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 information I've got are correct, when you look at transfer fees though. Um, well, You went from 250,000 to 800,000 to Blackburn, uh, half a million yeah. uh, Aberdeen paid. Which, I mean, when you think about in, in, in current money nowadays, I mean, that is incredible for half a million pounds. Uh, but you you joined Aberdeen, yeah,
1: 92. Uh, that's right. Uh, I, well, I mean, but also, the, you know, a year away from after that, they paid a million for Paul Bernard. That's right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. the, so, there was money about at the time, and that, but. I think it just they realised that that wasn't the way to go for clubs at You know, you had to you had to produce your own players, and that. And then and now we saw a change with the Bosman contracts coming in there anyway. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, a lot of money at a time, and uh, But um, but that was just that was
0: the average price for the average players so you moved to Aberdeen '92. Um, five years at Aberdeen, and it's it's fair to say. I might be quoting you wrongly here. I'm not sure, but I remember when, when we were at Cali together, and you were, you know, you would you were saying you were going to Aberdeen. And I mean, I mean, I'd, I'd imagine that you you wouldn't have a problem buying a pint in Aberdeen. You're fairly well regarded by Aberdeen fans. Yeah, yeah, that's I think. <laughs>
1: A lot of people ask me about that as well. I always felt that, this is my whole club I went to, You um, whether it be Hardisfield, I was the same at Huddersfield, and not so much Swindon because there wasn't really a, a sort of pub culture. Swindon was always, seems to be, uh, you know, like country pubs and things like that. Mm-hmm. There was never really a town centre in Swindon. But was like that as well and I always got if I go into a different pub you know I, I never frequented the, the footballers pubs that's that's the sort of what I'm trying to say to you and I never I never went to the wine bars and, and, and the nice clothes and, and all that so I always went to working clubs and pubs Now you know and, and that's where for me most of the fans are mm-hmm. you know that's uh, you know the the, the real boys. you want to go for a pint and go enjoy the football and if I was going to pubs I, I would talk to the real you know um, staunch Aberdeen fans, Huddersfield fans, and uh, i think mean, a lot of people try a lot of respect to that, that. I wasn't, I wasn't acting like a footballer. You know, some footballers really act like footballers, and, uh, and really annoys me. You know, this is why I'm a, I'm a big fan of Roy Keane. You know, he just calls it as yeah. it is, and you know, and then like I'm, I was the same. You know, and just just all fast, just the way we're brought up in my trade. You know. Um, so I always got on well
0: with the uh, Aberdeen fans and uh, any time I go into uh, any of the pubs in Aberdeen there's always something, who says hello and there's a chat that's good fun I'm trying to think the only, the only pub that I, I know in Aberdeen my, my wife was uh, there for a couple of months uh, in uni and she stayed in Torrey and I think the only bar I can, off the top of my head would be the Torrey Bar would that be a pub that you would have Torrey's a bit uh, a bit risky? <laughs> So, no, I didn't I didn't venture across that bridge no <laughs> I didn't
1: go there uh, I was in Abigildi but myself and Dean this Dean lived not far from me Dean used to catch me every Sunday Dean used to phone me on a Sunday about 12 o'clock and ask me if I fancy a pint in Abigildi and I would say aye aye, aye aye I fancy that and then he would say phone me back in 10 minutes so I phone him back in 10 minutes I could never understand why and his wife would answer the phone and she'd say I was there I said, is the Dean there alright so <laughs> Dean would come and ask the phone what a pint ah okay I'll go for a pint I thought oh, he's done me again here you know <laughs> <laughs> he just wife would be thinking that's him wanting to go for a pint again. Uh, but uh, I got on well with Dean a uh, lot I got on well with Billy Dawes, Nicky Walker guys I, it's funny Ian because a lot of people say to you say, do you still keep in touch with players I don't you know and, the, the, Billy Dodds I keep in touch with Nicky Walker I keep in touch with and a couple of boys down in England um, I still text now and again for, for all the people that you know and you've met throughout your different, uh, you know, dress rooms, mm-hmm. You know, very few of them yeah, you actually keep in touch. You just go your own way, you know.
0: And it's almost like they're former work colleagues, you know, acquaintances. You know, you kind of yeah. bump into them, you'll, you'll sit and chat with them. Uh, you know? uh,
1: yeah, yes, yeah, there's also the, the odd one that I mentioned, uh, Billy and Nikki. still I still see Billy quite a regular because I'm at football anyway. Yep. Nicky um, you know, I go down he invites me up to fishing up at the Strasby every year and, you know, I catch up with him and text quite a as
0: well. like so your first season in Aberdeen dunk um, what an yeah. incredible season well what an incredible season it, it, it is in one respect but also probably extremely gutting for you as well Aberdeen uh, finished runners up to Rangers in the league the league cup and the Scottish Cup final as well yeah quite an incredible season
1: yeah Breaking good team. We had four strikers: uh, Jess, Shearer, uh, Pat Lennon, and Booth. And I think three of us got over twenty, and one was on nineteen or eighteen. Or Jeez, oh. Um So four people. You know, we still couldn't break Rangers, you know. Um, we, we we lost the crucial games against Rangers. That was the big thing for us. And then in the in in the two cup finals, you know, Gary Smith uh, was unfortunate with a with an own goal in the League Cup final in extra time with two one down there, and then we a beat two one at um, Parkhead in the Scottish Cup final against Rangers, and I think we finished a few points behind them in the in the league, and they got the treble that year. So yeah, it was close, but no cigar, as they say. You know, we just didn't we couldn't quite go over the line. You know, and as I said, we, we, you know we lost the crucial game to Ibrox and a against Rangers. But the rest of the season was good. It was a really good for, it was our first season for Willie Miller as manager as well. Mm-hmm. He uh, built a
0: really good team. When you think of recent Aberdeen sides, I mean Derek has got them going. Uh, sorry, has got them going, and for one season they just could never beat Celtic under Brendan Rogers. They lost the Scottish <laughs> Cup final last minute, and it just it kind of just uh, reminds me of that. But when I talk uh, about when we talk about, Aye, well I have most, most of the country Kind of get the bit of the Celtic At the moment uh, Which is uh, A sorry state of affairs um, When we talk about Success at Aberdeen um, It comes in the form of The, the League Cup A few years after um, Yourself and Billy Dodds uh, were, were immense that day Aberdeen beat Dundee And only only recently Did they beat Cali Thistle In 2014 Was that was that Aberdeen's First trophy since But talk to us about Your memories of that day At Hamden A, a, a special day for you
1: yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it was, uh, it was I, I hadn't obviously had a couple of losers medals in, in the score cup, in the league cup, um, well, his first year, obviously, we just talked about that, um, but coming out of this one, I wasn't even supposed to be playing, because um, it was supposed to be, we just blues playing, and we were training on the patology on the Saturday, and Tommy Craig walked past me, and he says, i just spoke to Billy. he's not fit for tomorrow, my, my, my reply was a bit sarcastic actually I said oh that's a shame <laughs> but uh, my thought was that we scored between going to other finals and that you're still a young lad you know and I was at 31 at the, I was 31 at the time and I was I was just overjoyed to be playing you know because I knew and let's face it we were strong favourites Dundee were in the, were in the first division at the time mm-hmm. so we were expected to beat them but it doesn't it doesn't always work like that but we got a real good grip of the game early on. Billy got a good diving header for the first goal. We came out in the second half just a couple of minutes. Stephen Glass whipped in a good ball. I managed to get my head on to it and that was it. That was For me, that was the game finished. You know, the wind. we weren't going to come back from that, you know. Um, so we just played out the rest of the, the rest of 40 minutes and uh, and then that was it. That was the first Wonders medal. But uh, fantastic. You know, just just loved it and I wish I could have
0: got more of it you know but I'm just happy enough to get uh, to get one sort of day of glory and you know Sad state of affairs in Scottish football over you know recent years obviously <laughs> Rangers and Celtic well Celtic especially Rangers back in the 90s mm. tend to win most things but I think now when clubs like Aberdeen like my own club Hearts and you know even Cali Thistle and Ross County winning trophies as well I think when these days come along they're special days for fans but they're also special days for players as well because yeah. they don't they don't often come round
1: no 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 particularly if you don't play for one of the old firm mm-hmm. uh, not I'm saying the old, one of the old firm uh, at the moment really only one of old firm picking up trophies and that's so, but no no when you're near and and. and and it's always it's always going to be your best chance of glory as you're the League Cup or your Scottish Cup Um, you know if you're being realistic and being completely honest with people you know it's very unlikely you're going to win the Cup Uh, sorry win the League you know very unlikely what what they've got you know and you can push them and you can do it push them as hard as you can you know they'll always have that extra uh, particularly Celtic uh, you know at the moment so you know, you're always looking for the for the cup for the league cup or the Scottish Cup to get something, and like they're doing now, you know, you try trying to get into third, uh, second or third place, you know, and, see, and get into Europe. So, but we shall wait and see, see how that, that carries on. But I don't see it changing anytime soon. Ian, you know, because I was just thinking this other day, actually, and you'll probably tell me. I don't. I, I'm presuming I would even the last team to win the league, wouldn't I? I would say the old firm yes or would I
0: be wrong in saying uh, that was Dund- Dundee United maybe no was it Dundee uh, United possibly,
1: f- possibly yeah. I was just the three, talking maybe. About the other day and uh, I
0: couldn't figure out who it was um, so, but it was a long time ago before you seen that someone other than Rangers Celtic won that, that league trophy well I, I, I'm hoping that uh, someone will break that uh, relatively soon because it would be b- b- brilliant because you haven't seen it in my lifetime anyway that's for sure which which says an awful lot yeah yeah um, Dunk, when you when you look at your five years at uh, Pitodry, as we said, we touched on earlier, you're you're worshipped by Aberdeen fans. In fact, I, I know that there's one or two that have uh, have got in touch with me that are desperate to to get you on the, the podcast. But when you look back at your five years, how do you sum up your five five years at Pitodry? Aberdeen, uh, Aberdeen, the best club I
1: played for. You know, I'm, I'm not saying they're the best team. I think the best team I played for was the Swindon team. I got to Wembley. Um, but club-wise um, structure, sure. um, everything else about Aberdeen really impressed me. I, I, I love the professionalism. I don't know whether that was an Alec of thing, but still, it kept his ways going. You know, he knew the ways, and, and, and they kept it going. and Smith kept it going, and you know, um, and, and that's the way it was. You know, but I, everything about it for me. You know, when I went there. Um, the, you know, the players were sitting in the canteen having their lunch and the directors would come in and sit with the players mm-hmm. you know, any Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday Thursday, Friday or whatever you know, everybody was encouraged to go and sit and have lunch and, and there was no cliques you know um, and it was horrible when I went back there uh, to be honest with you I went back there with, you know, uh, with Steve Patterson and we went mm-hmm. into the canteen and there was four or five French players away in the corner in their own playing cards speaking French and the other boys are all over the other place. And, you know, I think yeah, this is just not, this is not our team from a club. This is, this is everything against it. No, not saying because they were French, don't get me wrong. It's just because there was a split, you know, there was, you know, the first thing you should have done straight away was, you know, we did it. You know, you weren't allowed to speak French. All these boys could speak English, so they had to speak English and change them. You know,
0: Um, didn't like that sort of side of it. But, anyway. I want to talk to you about your your international career as well because around about that time when you you're scoring goals for Aberdeen you you have uh, proudly seven caps to your name m- many much more than uh, many others in the country uh, and two goals to your name as well um when you look yes. back at your 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 time with the national side well you, your first goal was against uh, the Dutch uh, you beat Ed de Ruth Hulot and Co uh, over over in Holland as well so no mean feat there but um, how how do you um, look back on fond memories of, of turning out for the national side?
1: Oh, it's unbelievable, you know, because you know I I, I came to Aberdeen at twenty nine and I met up with a, a good family, the Earn family, and they you know they would actually uh, how I met them was that um, you know they wanted to sponsor my car and give me a car to drive a and tell me it. that way, and I uh, mean good friends were Graham's daddy and and you know. Used to go and sit in the, 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 the uh, Dolphin Chip Shop in Chapel Street. And after training, I used to drive in and, and go in and sit around the back in the office with them and talk about all sorts of things. They would say to me, he said, Listen, you're starting to beat Aberdeen, you keep scoring, goes that, you'll get a Scotland call up. And I'm thinking, Wait a minute now, I'm 30 now, you know, you don't get these things at that age, you know. And it's about a six, seven months later, you know, that was it. I was called Benton Scotland's Road for the first time. You know, and but I didn't know at the time. I thought you <laughs> I thought you got a cap just in the squad, but apparently you had to get onto the park. <laughs> so I was I was involved in a couple of squads with Andy Roxman sitting on the bench. I never got in the park. So and I used to watch the boys getting handed out their caps after the game, you know, and I'm thinking, oh come on, I'm sure you get one cap, you know. Uh, eventually um Big Brown took over and uh, came on against Austria as a sub. So that that I mean that would have done me. But then uh, once you get one cap, you get another. Now you're wanting a goal, so you, you you have these wee sort of targets you set yourself, you know. Right, okay. Now next time I want to start a game. So, and I was I was uh, lucky enough to 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 start the Finland game in the in the European qualifiers for England. Yep. Um, right to Finland, we want to and I managed to get the first goal. Uh, so that was great got my full debut uh, my full cap and plus I got my goal alongside it so. but I didn't you know I wanted it to last as, as long as I can but I knew it wouldn't because time was running out of me uh, at that age you know uh, but just, a, just as you said just half oh, a dozen caps is, is, is fantastic for me it's, it's a real real honour considering um, uh, you know I went out to make a school as a fan uh, as a as a fan with three uh, three friends, uh, we went over there for three or four weeks. And uh, we went they the second the World Cup finals, yep. Uh, I was also in France for the World Cup finals, and I was also down in England. Oh, part of the Tan Army, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, to uh, sample both of it, sample this, you know, on the terrace and I mean, sample actually sort on of the park. just a different
0: different world, different world altogether. What I quite liked about um, correct him wrong because the information I was looking at I wasn't too sure. What I quite liked about your first appearance for Scotland is you come on for another Fort William striker, John McGinley.
1: Yeah, amazing story that as well. We're both from the same village of cool. brought up together. John will be a, a year or two younger than me. Uh, both broke into football late as I mentioned earlier on I was 21 John would have been later than that I think John would have been about 23 before he started he went on and got himself I don't know how many counts John got maybe 12, 13 or something Um, and the two of us managed to play alongside each other Sam Marino away Mm -hmm. in one of the the qualifying games Uh, that was a real honour as well you know two boys from the same village you know so we went to the same schools and that and so and lined up for the National Anthem that, that was a real proud moment for
0: us both. it's quite incredible isn't it two, you know, two guys from Fort William there they are leading the line for Scotland yeah quite incredible
1: yeah considering, considering uh, we, we, I used to have this talk with Charlie Christie well, years and years ago before Inverness uh, for Inverness started you know before they went into the premiership and, that, and local players started having a chance he was sort of mourning the amount of players that came out from William you know uh, Donald Park George Campbell played for Aberdeen and Stuart McKinnon uh, McKinnon went to Hibbs uh, Davy Shear my older brother went to Middlesbrough mm-hmm. uh, John McGinley you're talking about half a dozen to seven players coming out of that village um, and being professional players now when I say professional players I'm, I'm, I'm talking about people who sustain the professional career, uh, career and I'm not talking about people who go on trial and last a year somewhere and then come back and play Iron League, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I don't consider that as a, as a professional career, i people would not sustain it. Um, and then there wasn't many at Imbaness at the time, Kevin McDonald had left, we were trying to rack our brains, myself and Charlie, about it. That was one of the names that came up with Kevin McDonald went down. Uh, but there was a good 25-30 years where nobody from Imbaness i really gone down and uh, and, and sort of sustained a big career. But now we're uh, in the notion of uh, obviously Cali Thistle, you know, you've got some fantastic players going on and particularly local players, you know, obviously, you know, Ryan is one of them Um, and then you can go back and, you know, you've got Ross Tokely and Ross is not local but he's as local as you would get, Grant Monroe, guys like that, all uh, done really well with Cali Thistle. So it's been
0: a good thing for him. yeah you're right it's well it's fantastic to see the the highlands have representation in in scotland squads uh, in most recent terms as you mentioned ryan Christie. Uh, you move back to inverness um i want to, i wanna to touch on um you 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 move back to inverness um ninety seven and then you you kind of you move into the the coaching side um, your assistant manager to to Steve Patterson as you mentioned there 2000 um, or 99-2000 that was uh, quite a dramatic year for Cali Thistle because um, they shocked the world really beating Celtic in the Scottish Cup yeah. we spoke to Barry uh, Wilson on, on the, the very first episode and obviously Barry had a massive role to play in that ninety minutes, yeah. he scored as Cali Thistle beat Celtic three one. What are your um, everlasting yeah. memories of that night that Super Cali went ballistic?
1: Well, my, my memory of that was 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 obviously the first game um, because uh, Stevie had told me uh, um, before they played the first game that Alec was was leaving. He was taking the Elgin City job, okay. and he'd be leaving after the the Scottish Cup game. Um, but as it happened, um, that game was called off. Um, so Alex stayed on to the to the midweek game, and, and rightly so, you know it was, a, it, was a, it was a big moment, and Alex uh, Alex was assistant manager and first team coach, and uh, you know I never I never came in until afterwards. I travelled with the team and I sat and watched the game with John Doherty in the stand. And obviously, we we're in the change room, enjoying all the celebrations and that. And it was just, I, you know, the amount of times I've been a parkhead uh, and and not come away with, the wind with a win with Aberdeen. <laughs> and I'm thinking, here's a, <laughs> here's Jimmy Golder, here's Jimmy called a labourer or a plumber, and you've got that boy there does that, and that one does that, and, that. and they're turning over Celtic, and. Myself and John were looking at each other, and we, I was, I've often listened to the reports of Barry and Charlie and all them talking about it, and it's like they're waiting when the Celtic are going to come at us, and they're waiting and waiting and waiting, and time's dragging on, and then Kelly get another goal, and then there's 10 minutes to go, and there's 9 minutes to go, and there's 8 minutes to go, eventually John and I looked at each other and said, Celtic are not going to win, they're <laughs> not going to come mm-hmm. back. You know, we're just sitting there waiting for them to come back, but they're not going to come back. They're, they're, they're down. They're on their arse. Um, and Cali ran easy winners in the end, you know. And it was. Uh, and I remember afterwards. You know, we had the old celebrations when the players were afterwards. And I'd um, and got to know Paul Lambert quite well as well. Mm-hmm. Paul came up to me and he said "What do you think of this?" He says, That Jesus is going to be repercussions for this." Mark my words. And I didn't really know what he meant until I sat in the bus. And I thought, I "Wonder what he meant by that." And then next day, the whole, all hell boat was, and That was John Barnes. He was
0: finished mm-hmm. after that, you know. So, of course, Martin O'Neill, Martin O'Neill, swiftly followed. Um, as a result of that, the season after, you move on to Aberdeen. Um, there, I know you touched on it there. Mm. Um, that spell uh, didn't didn't go well for 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 Pelle and Aberdeen um yourself yeah. going back to Aberdeen were you, were you disappointed at the the kind of way that that uh, that transpired
1: oh absolutely 100% you know because I, I had been offered when Pelly had said that he was leaving taking the Aberdeen job you know straight away um, Kenny Cameron and Glenn Bennett offered me the Callie job and I was really really tempted I just didn't think at the time that had I had I taken the Cali job I'm not convinced you need to ask Stevie about this I'm not convinced Stevie would have taken the job Aberdeen job if I hadn't come with him I might be wrong I might be I might be shooting from the wrong gun here Um, so but I mean Aberdeen's where I wanted to go anyway and um, that's what we did we went there and as I said touched on Ellie it was a real mess and I think Steve deserves a lot of credit for the amount of rubbish that he pulled out of the club um, and the, the, the basis of Stevie was told to get good young players because Stevie had an eye for young players that had been rejected at clubs and, and bringing them back onto their careers the, the Dennis Winans the Russell Dunkmans the Barry Walsons uh, sorry the um, uh, Barry Robsons mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know players like that you know but we just couldn't uh, we couldn't find the ones that we wanted you know that were that were going to push Aberdeen further up that league you know, uh, and, and in the end, it was, it was just it just didn't work out, and that
0: was that. You move on to uh, Bucky Thistle, uh, you have a spell as Bucky Thistle manager again. You win uh, Aberdeenshire Cup twice, Aberdeen Shield as well at Bucky. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Getting that, um, you mentioned there, you know, the, the potentially taking the, the Cali Thistle job when, when Pele leaves. <sighs> um, taste of. Um, Management um, and your own and your own guys. How did you you find that at Bucky? I quite enjoyed it. Yeah,
1: I quite enjoyed it. But there was a, I found at Bucky that was I enjoyed it the, the fact that I, and a good assist with me and I'd never met the lad before, uh, Graham McBeath. Uh-huh. Um, but um, and Graham applied for the Bucky job, and he told me afterwards when he had that you know they're going to give it to me. But I was keen on having him as an assistant. He said he wouldn't have taken assistant job if it wasn't anybody else but me. If someone else had got it, he would have just walked away from it, you know. But he wanted to come in and and and, and join on. And I love working with him because I, I needed him as well because he had a vast knowledge of football that I didn't have. Yep. I was in Ireland football for a long time, you know. Um, so he was he was invaluable for me and as you mentioned we, we went on to we had four finals we, we, we won three of them the up we got beat by Keith where a whole spine of our team were all suspended but four or five first teamers had clocked up too many bookings and uh, so we had to adjust the team on the day and, and uh, Keith uh, Keith just ran right on us we just couldn't handle him on the day and they run out while they won us you know uh, but the disappointing thing was the league because I found there was a a, a sense of like, it doesn't matter how many cups you want at Bucky you know they wanted to win that league you know uh, but I still felt it was important I still felt I, every time I enter a competition I want to win it so I still felt it was important that these uh, these, uh, these cups the you win a competition you go you want to win it and we did want to win the league uh, but what I find the difficult thing is, is that the amount of players that we get him and I identified and when we spoke to the players um the amount of money they wanted because they thought that Lucky had this uh, this war chest of gold, you know, and I'm thinking, oh some of these players are asking for this money. I know full time players at Cali are not getting that money. Mm-hmm. These are part time players, you know. So I would just refuse to to pay. i was saying no, I'll just look somewhere else. And we'd lose out on players and after um after I got sacked at the, at the end of the season when we didn't win the league I noticed the following season that um, they came in and they started spending the money again Um well I'm saying they was the manager whoever it was yeah, Kevin Muller or or, or or Greg yeah, um, Carroll. yeah you know they were just paying the money that we, players that we were so inevitably they've got all these players they, they, they won the league but um I'll bet a bottom, a bottom dollar. It wasn't cheap to win that league, you know that's for sure. Uh, but um, you know, good luck to I'm still, I'm still very friendly with uh, uh, Mark and Murray Duncan. Mm-hmm. I'm still keep in touch with them too. You know, very friendly with them. There was never any animosity because Mark and Murray are both my like Aberdeen fans anyway. Okay. You know, and I think it, I think it broke their heart to tell me that you know that I'd had to move on. And, you know, but it, just, it was never. A,
0: not a big deal for me you know now you um the 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 for the, well, the way that um that we met was it Inverness Cali thistle you you moved back to Inverness Cali thistle um I can't remember quite what year it was that you you, you came back in as uh, coach Terry butcher was he mm. someone that, that brought you back into the club was he around that time
1: I didn't know okay Terry, and, and I'm sure he didn't know. Well, you know, I know he didn't know me. It was just a conversation that he had with somebody who mentioned that Dr. Sheer was coaching the under 17s, you
0: know. Okay.
1: And then the, the next thing, and Terry was, I got a phone call from somebody at the club saying that Terry's just asked for my phone uh, number, you know. So it wasn't until you know, a number of weeks afterwards that I actually got the call from Terry coming to have a chat. So I went in and had a chat. Like, Theory. And as I said, I was working with was
0: a company called DJG at the time.
1: DJG <laughs> um, parcels, of course. Oh. Uh, yeah. So and then when I had a chat with him, and then, uh, then I became the under 19s manager. I was that so? Delighted because I, I love working with him, and 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 I Norris was there at the time as well.
0: Of course, yeah. Uh, the um and the kids as well. I mean, you obviously we've we've touched on just one guy, Ryan Christie, but there was a whole heap of. You know, talented kids coming through the youth ranks at the at the time as well. Um, something you enjoyed working with the the youngsters over the years? Yeah, I loved it. I loved it
1: because um, you know I always thought that under nineteen league was a really good look Over the six years I was there it changed from one league. You know, one went under twenties, then it went to twenties or 21s and it kept changing every year. And I don't know. Whether it, they were looking for some some sort of way to try and make football better and just making change for change needs. You know, I, I, I enjoyed, the you know, the under-19s. I enjoyed the way it was. The kids would come in for a couple of years, play 19s, and then we would decide then whether they were going to get a professional contract for, uh, to win the first-team squad, you know. Um, think or swim, basically, you know. Uh, but it all changed and all the rules change and timings of the games change and everything and, you know, just sometimes you're coming down that road with a group of young kids, you know, if you've got a few injuries you're having to take under seventeen players with you, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, you're playing a midweek game on a Tuesday night. And every time you get some food on the bus and you know, excuse me, you come down the road, you could be one, two o'clock in the morning, you know. Um these kids are at school a couple of hours' time, you know, this thing is crazy. You know, you just, I, I don't know if you're actually thinking properly about this, you know, but, um, that was life, but I did. It was, uh, yeah, it was good people to work, work with, you know, and, uh, good fun.
0: Enjoyed it. Yeah, so, um, I think I left just, just before you in 2017, and mm-hmm. I remember at the time, uh, I mean, I, I still can't believe that, that someone, um, would be relieved of their duties uh, by by voicemail. Um, does it still hurt you that, yeah. that the way that you know the way that it ended it at Cali Thistle for you?
1: Oh, absolutely, hundred percent. Because there's not a hope in there, because I knew it was coming. You know that, you know because I knew the criteria that if the club got relegated, and I knew that they didn't need a reserve team. Mm-hmm. The only time they only thing that uh, was under twenty one team. Um the only reason I've got one is because the criteria says that as an SPL club you have to have one so I'm thinking well this was pear shaped which it was going that way could even tell in early January it was going that way mm-hmm. um, this team uh, there's no need for a reserve to coach so I kept going in after the end season myself and Brian uh, 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 I forgot his name right. manager's name, Brian.
0: Brian Rice, Brian Rice, Chipper.
1: Brian Rice, yeah, yes. Yeah, sorry. Okay, um, I have going in day after day for a couple of weeks after the end of the season. Um, Brian Rice just sitting there twiddling her thumbs working about pre-season. I'm just waiting for the chairman to call me through, but nothing, nothing, nothing. So eventually, this um, is right, okay, that's it. So we'll see you in the summer. And then I got a phone call. <laughs> I looked at the number when the phone came up to you but it's, you know, when you see a, a number you don't recognise mm-hmm. you just uh, they leave a message you know and then uh, my wife says to me what's wrong with you I says I think this guy's telling me I, I'm, I'm seeing this guy because I wasn't even sure what his name was to where I said uh you yeah, this guy's telling me that that's me finished and thanks a lot for my, for my help and that was it <laughs> I thought well that's me my my job and I just thought uh, you know like that. So, um no, nah, not nice, you know, all, all you do, if, I mean, if I didn't answer the phone, you could have left a message and said, Duncan, it's such and such, I can't even remember his name now, do you remember it? Cummins, maybe.
0: Um, yeah. Willie um, fin- Finlayson.
1: Okay, it don't know, he's losing what he's I um, No, well, he a message to him to give my phone, or come in and see him, and he had uh, to explain to me, and there was not a problem, great, but nah, it's just... I think it just summed the club up at the time they didn't know where they were going here or there or whatever and I think he was even only in the job for two or three months and he moved on and mm. someone else came on board and I'm not quite sure that the club have actually ever got the grips of being relegated you know this will be their fourth season next year uh, mm. in the championship and I can't see them getting out of it any so time you know, I hope that team. there's a lot of good people down there uh, and a lot of good supporters uh, I'm not
0: sure yeah we hope that uh well, we hope cali thistle can bounce back once the once we we get some sort of normality back with the uh, the after the coronavirus and we get football going um I know that you're still going to to go and in, go into games you still do a wee bit for the media as well before the obviously the outbreak um of coronavirus yeah. but you're I'm hoping that you know once we get back to normal um You'll still be attending games, but you're you're obviously still going to games, still watching football, still loving football at the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely, yeah, absolutely.
1: I mean, I love um, as I'm saying, my my weekend's not changed from my job. I still do what I would be normally be doing, working and then coming home and watching a bit. I think I'll be just like everyone else. Your weekends are strange. And tomorrow Saturday, go for a walk, come back into the house, what about and then just wait till Monday to start working again. You know. But uh, I'm probably in a better position than a lot of people, where are uh, you know, stuck at home and I'm uh, just waiting to get back to work. So hopefully, as I said before to people, you know, it, there's a lot, a lot of clever people in the world here, and hopefully somebody will come up with a solution for this problem. You know.
0: Yeah, we hope so. Um, Dunk has been brilliant chatting to you. Um, it's probably one of the, again one of these uh, podcasts that we could probably hear all night talking about your career. It's uh, an incredible career. Yeah, we've just kind of, we've just skimmed the surface, but uh, Duncan, I appreciate, I appreciate giving you, uh, giving me your time, and it's been great chatting again. Yeah. You're more welcome, and Ian. Listen and uh, stay safe, everyone. Cheers, pal.